You fought in the Clone Wars? Roger, Roger. Welcome to our new Fans of the Forced Clone Wars Rewind, which we're now going to do as a separate segment. Uh, Each and every week, we're going to bring you an episode of the Clone Wars, which we are currently going through in chronological order. This week, we watched Clone Cadets, which is episode one of season three, and it originally aired September 17th. 2010. Uh, The episode description is five headstrong clones struggle to complete their training on Kamino. These cadets, Heavy, Cut Up, Droid Bait, Fives, and Echo, seem to be a bad batch and are unable to work as a team. As Shock T and Drill Instructors Brick and LS debate the candidate's fate, the cadet's fate, the clones learn to work together and accept their destiny as sol- as soldiers. And as always, I am joined by my awesome podcast hosts, Adrian and John. Hey, guys. Hey, Cat Ray. How's it going? What's crack-a-lacking? Yeah. Well, we got some Clone Wars to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, great episode. It's one of my personal favorites, so I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I do find it a little bit jarring going from the Clone Wars movie to this episode because being that it's a season three episode, there's a big jump in the animation. Uh, but Wait, it's a good episode. J- just because the writing's better and the animation's better and <laughs> <laughs> the characterization's better. <laughs> Everything's better. because everything literally is better. No, but this, this particular episode, and, and you both already said it too, and the same goes for me. It's one of my favorite Clone War episodes. It's just, it's and it's it's perfect in that it's, you know, it's something that you can watch as a standalone, and I just kind of love that. But it 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 has these characters that it it develops them, and it makes you care about them, and it just works so well. I love this episode because it's the clones, right? Right. So we're, you know, we're kind of really getting into the nitty gritty of, of being a clone soldier and seeing what that's all about and getting to know some of these characters, which will become important later on down the line. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One in particular way farther down the line. Yes. Yeah. But, uh... You know, I just love all these episodes that focus on the clones, and I love, I adore the ones that have 99 in it. Yeah. 99 is just such a great... I, I wish we had more 99 than what we actually got. He, he is just like the perfect example of you don't need to be strong or powerful to make change to to mm-hmm. affect things positively. Totally. Totally. He's a great character. He is. Yeah, I I love 99, too. Underutilized. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that he portrays kind of another aspect that we of, of the clones that we don't 
see in the movies. You know, we see them primarily as soldiers. And even throughout the Clone Wars series, you know, their their primary role is to be warriors, yeah. soldiers fighting for the Republic. But I think this definitely adds another dimension of humanity to the clones um, totally. and kind of contributes a lot to like the, well, they're clones, but they're also people. Um, which is touched upon a little bit in this in this episode, you know, even though they're bred to be soldiers, um, there's more more to it than that. You're right. There's so many layers of what this episode does that that helps make the story have more impact. I mean, not only are we watching the training process of how these clones become these great fighting units and and they have to go through this sort of academy type training situation um but it also shows that the clones aren't perfect fighting machines they're not genetically just perfect fighters with the same mind the same genetic brain capabilities the same genetic physical capabilities that there's also some molding that has to happen and you can have a bad batch you can have defects you can have things go wrong so although they were bred to be these genetic wonderful warrior fighter clones right this army um Mm -hmm. there's also this grooming that has to take place before they can become that so it, it gives it i don't know just this little added layer of of legitimacy to the whole clone army thing for me at least to uh to kind of grow on that uh what i one of the best things that kind of uh shows what you just talked about there john is that they have aspirations of what kind of trooper they want to be yeah it's assigned a random you know position or you're a pilot you're a is that they have choice they have um ambitions of their own and how they want to contribute to the army, how they want to uh, play their part, which I thought was, you know, a fantastic little little uh, detail that uh, went over my head the first couple of times I saw this episode. It's not until I sat down to watch it for this. I'm like, oh, they have choices for that. And he wants to do this. And that's totally so cool. They are not droids, like, you, you know, despite being treated like droids. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're genetically identical, right? They're all clones, but they Mm -hmm. all have their own personality quirks. They all have their own ambitions. They all have their own insecurities. Um, They all have their own voice, even though they're voiced by the same actor, which is even more brilliant. uh, That He can give them each their own distinct characteristics, although it's the same voice. (laughs) It's just it works so well. Cut up um, is Scottish, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I love that. But I, but, but he's just like all the other clones at the same time. You know, it just mm-hmm. works somehow, and I. That's just a testament to to the voice acting skills. Um, yeah, and 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 they all have this desire to be brothers, but they also have a desire to be themselves as well. It's just so well done. It's so cool. It's a good episode. Yeah, I, th- I think this works really nicely as a a follow up. Just because for for that reason, you know, 
we get to see more introspection into the clones. And so I think, I think it works well um, watching in chronological order as opposed to waiting until season three to get that because it kind of really sets the stage for totally. where mm-hmm. the clones are coming from and what, they're, what they want to do, as you said, having their own individual aspirations and goals within the clone army, uh, the Grand Army of the Republic. So, you know, I, I think this works really well as a follow-up um, or, you know, kind of the first episode uh, post-Clone Wars movie to to tackle that. I will say it's a bit on the nose, I think. They're, uh, they're Domino Squad. And, like, Dominoes, you know, they fall easily. You know, one falls, the rest of them fall. Mm. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, I don't, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, get it? Oh, I see what you did there. So, I guess I didn't think about that before, but yeah, you're totally right. Totally right. right. The, the one trooper <laughs> makes a crack at that, too. It's time to watch the dominoes fall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, huh. So who, 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 uh, who assigned the, the squad names? Did they know this was a bad batch, quote unquote? It's probably Brick. Oh, I just want to slap that big head of his. Just shut up, man. Yeah, I, you know, the the character design of Brick bothers me, and that's probably the only negative thing about this episode is that you've got all these cool Star Wars aliens, and that's the the giant mashed potato head guy is the one you want to use <laughs> as the drill sergeant, you know? More like cauliflower, I think. Right, yes, cauliflower works great. <laughs> that's that's a better analogy. Um I don't know. It I, just not a not a fan of that character design. And there's a lot in the Clone Wars where I'm not really a fan of the character design uh, for some of the the aliens that they introduced just into the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brick was a little found, too Star Trekky for me in design. Yeah, I just find it interesting that okay, so you've got you know the Jedi. Mm-hmm. who are great warriors and presumably, you know, they've already got some sort of military system in mm-hmm. place, even though they don't actually have a standing army, which is why they needed the clones. Right. Right. But then you're going to bring in bounty, bounty hunters, hunters. I- to train your troops. Yeah. I thought that was that- weird too. Yeah. It's like, why would you bring that- in bounty hunters? Yeah. That point for me is a little sticky. Like it kind of feels like they did that because they were like, Oh, we can introduce some aliens and have some cool, uh, character design, you know, character designs in this episode. It's not just clone troopers over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't really understand the, thought process behind that decision i guess um like where they would come unless the only the only thing that i can kind of see that where that might potentially help is just because a bounty hunter probably has a lot of ingenuity and you know is good at thinking on their feet in sticky situations and maybe um or planning you know to (laughs) but i i find i find the uh the decision to bring in bounty hunters as 
clone troop trainers. Uh, kind of an odd one. Yeah. Although, really I mean, they use bounty hunters as the basis for the clones. So True. Mm, that's a good point. Star Wars loves a bounty hunter. Yeah. No, but I and I, and I think Kat, all yeah, it's just really weird because yeah, the Jedi already you know these great warriors, right? Bounty hunters, you got to pay them for their loyalty. So I mean, are they really going to train with their hearts in it? And just including bounty hunters really didn't add to the overall episode. Like there was no point. They could have been just another type of trainer or something like that and the episode would have played out the same it could have been another clone for that matter and i i I think you're right i think i i tried not to get too hung up on the whole bounty hunter thing (laughs) i tried to just let it go by because it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me either um but on the other side what else could you use to quickly explain it and say okay this guy's got military skills and he can train people um, the Jedi don't have that that rifle, pistol, shoot 'em up type combat as their uh, their bread and butter, so they wouldn't be able to train in that because they they train with lightsabers, you know. I suppose that's true. Um, so, just a quick, easy explanation is: bounty hunters are good with guns. We'll make the bounty hunter uh, bounty hunter be the <laughs> the trainer. You know what I mean? So, and it just right. it just kind of moves it along quickly. So, I I can forgive that. You know, hand wave. Oh my God, yeah, I mean, totally. Do, um, do bounty hunters train the Senate guards too? You know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, otherwise you have to introduce something and say, okay, this is. The training species for like <laughs> shooting weapons, you know, or whatever, you know, this just kind of it moves it along a little faster. Yeah, it does. I'll give you that. Yeah, I know. I just like clearly there were people that had some sort of military experience, you know, as we go further along in the Clone Wars, and you have like Mandalores and stuff and, like that, and, and yeah, Mandalorians yeah. and you know all this stuff, and it's like there was. There were no other, like, warrior soldier types you could have called in. That's, I mean, it's a small point and, a, you know, nitpicky, certainly. Um, I can admit that, but just kind of one of those odd little details, I yeah. guess, that, that stuck out a little. Had we actually seen the bounty hunters teach him something, I would have been justified for me. I would have been happy. Yeah. But all we Good did point. was see Brick just kind of be a jerk and L.S. just kind of, nah, nah, they're, they're cool, they're cool. He'll see, he'll see. Yeah. I mean, I liked that they weren't the same, you know, so yes, they both have Bounty Hunter as their profession, but clearly, you know, they're not all cut from the same cloth, right? right. Yeah, you right. know, Brick was definitely a much more gruff, you know, no... You know, once, you know, if you fall short, you know, that's it, you're done, you know, kind of more ultimatum, Um, whereas LS definitely had some more compassion and clearly felt for Domino Squad and wanted to see them succeed. Um, In addition to being paid to do his job, he actually was invested in in their success as a group. And Shock T also having her be the Jedi to oversee it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, maybe it was just an excuse to use the character, 
but but I think using a female Jedi was a wise choice for that. Um, because it you know just just the whole you know female mothering aspect, and here she is mothering the the training of the clones. You know, anybody else feel that way a little? No, that's a. That's an interesting point. I hadn't thought of that. I I didn't really think of it as a as a mothering so much as you know, she definitely she's very how do I want to say this? She's like a very Jedi Jedi. Totally. Um, you know, and <laughs> that was very eloquent. And <laughs> she you know, she definitely she clearly sees the clones as people as opposed to just being a commodity that has been paid for and is being used to to fight the war um and so or a product like lama Su. or a product yeah you know so she clearly she clearly you know like like the jedi are supposed to she has a lot of compassion uh for the clones and you know is invested in seeing them succeed for the greater good of the republic um, so, I mean, that's kind of the sense that I, more of a sense of what I took away from that, I guess, as opposed to the fact that she was a, a woman or female character. Um, but I mean, maybe that plays into it a little bit also, just kind of our general perceptions of females being the more nurturing, uh, and so maybe... Hmm. T's use weird like that throughout the Clone War series. I can't recall a moment where she's she's on the front lines or something. She's always at the temple or on Camino, kind of like this secondary type of position or not not secondary. That's a bad bad way to describe it. this. More behind the scenes, behind the not scenes, on the front not line. on the front line. Yeah, it's not that I can recall at the moment anyway. I mean, unless you count the Gendy Tartakovsky bit, because she was out there oh, no, fighting. Yeah. No, I'm just like, I'm just talking about uh, I'm just talking about uh, the Filoni Clone Wars. Yeah, I I mean, she does have the title General, so she was you know she, like Anakin and Obi Wan and Mace and all the others. You know, mm-hmm. she she has the military rank, um, but she's doing more behind the lines not not leading the charge do all the jedi just automatically become generals like it's a i forgot her name the librarian <laughs> jacosta new jacosta yes yeah. is, is she a general new i don't is she a general? i don't think so i don't think so <laughs> they don't ever say though right they don't Interesting. I never thought about that either. That's an interesting little. Although Shakti is on the council, right? Yes. Yes. So maybe that's part of it. Mm, true that. Although Ayla Secura is a general, also correct. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, she's a general. <laughs> she's a general. So. She's a knight. She's not a master. Not on the kind council. Of like Anakin. She's like Anakin, yeah. So knights, knights and masters 
do also do do become generals. They became generals. Yeah. Uh, but the Padawans are all commanders. Like commanders. Ahsoka. Uh, Is Ki Mundi a general as well? Yes. I, yes. That he is. That's, I go, we we got to look into that. I want to want to see how that <laughs> process worked out. Do some googling. Do maybe some googling. maybe they're using the term general in a different way. Maybe they're just using it in like general terms. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's definitely a full on military they title. Were okay, incorporated right. into the military. Yeah. Because that's the whole thing, right? Like, they allowed themselves to become militarized as opposed yeah. to being more removed from the conflict mm-hmm. by accepting the the title of general. So... Yeah, it's one of the themes that's explored in Clone Wars. Like, we shouldn't be fighting this. Where We shouldn't mm-hmm. be generals. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're... Yeah, yeah they're generals. Like, for real. We got rank. <laughs> um, on that note uh i love i love the boot camp just seeing the boot camp because like, yeah. like john said earlier like they're just not these program things like they're taught and actually seeing the kind of training they go through is pretty pretty neato yeah that was pretty cool i mean and obviously this is just a snapshot of that and but yeah. the cool mm-hmm. thing is is they said it in that uh you know it's kind of a cross between you guys remember american gladiators it's like the yeah. the battleground in American Gladiators meets the uh, uh, X Men's Cerebro War Room, you know? Yeah, yeah that, totally the cool. War Room. Yeah, you're right. And uh, and so I mean that was cool to me that the clones are all going through this, and you know they have to pass this test to advance on to get their their clone diplomas. What? what? Yeah. Whatever to ship it is, out, the little medals. To pass basic, you know, another medal that Chewie didn't get. Whatever, you know, <laughs> they they get their helmets. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They get the real helmets, and but I mean, they get a medal too, right? That's why he gave it to yeah, ninety nine. Uh, yeah, yeah. The training sequences, like them going through the simulation, were all really great. I mean, every time that they. They had to do that. It was a lot of fun to watch that. <laughs> See what they did. You know, <laughs> See them, them fall apart. <laughs> get shot by droids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, watching them in order like this is totally changing my perspective on something. Like, we're only a few episodes in, but seeing these particular episodes spread apart like that loses some of the impact when you see them back to back. So seeing, you know, the 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 cadets now, knowing what's going to happen to some of them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's weird. Just like <laughs> I know you're right. I, I totally that did not escape me when I was watching it. Cause, yeah, but I because but it, I think that's a go ahead. It, because in, in and I I might be mis- mistaken, but in the very first air, aired episode. One of these clones doesn't make it out. Mm-hmm. At least one of them. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah. I mean, we'll see that, you know, later on. In a, but in a it's weeks. Yeah. And uh and so to to see it in the initial run the way it was aired, you know, it was like, "Oh wait, we already know how that guy's story ends." 
but to see it this way, I, I'm wondering if it'll make that moment more impactful when it happens. It has to be because when the moment is separated by seasons, right. in some cases, it you just can't help. Like you got to remind yourself, oh, is it that clone from that one episode? Yeah, totally. Oh, that's yeah. what happened. <laughs> oh, no, but now actually seeing it in order, like back to back, and you mm-hmm. know, seeing these episodes closer to when the events happen, you're you're gonna feel the you know the gravity of the situation. You're gonna totally like, okay. It's like it's not <laughs> it's not separated by an entire season. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that this makes it have more of an impact because you meet them and you start getting attached to them and, you know, figuring out their personality quirks and kind of what makes them an individual and then to see their stories go through to completion. So I actually really like immediately watching this episode after the Clone Wars movie for that fact alone, like yeah. it really does help set up, you know, set up what we're going to see happen as opposed to being a little bit more disjointed. And all of a sudden you're back and you're like, wait, that wait, did, didn't he? Uh, okay. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question. We've, Shoot. uh, We've seen clones go AWOL before in the series, right? Mm-hmm. But the, mm-hmm. they're going AWOL on, in the battle, on the, on the battlefield, on the front line, where they can just disappear yeah. more easily. What exactly was Heavy planning on doing? I mean, he's on Camino. Yeah. Within the you know, confounds the of a training. Yeah. Yeah. What exactly was the plan there? Like, he had his bag here. I, I I can't wrap my head around that. I, I doubt he would have been able to get off planet. Steal a ship? I don't know. I mean, at one point you do see some of the, like, the more kind of the smaller troop transport um, ships fly by. Maybe he was just going to try and steal one of those and pilot himself off Camino and out into the try is the key wild there. somewhere. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I definitely think that if he had tried it, he probably wouldn't have succeeded if he'd actually gone through with it. Um, I mean, I had, I had that same thought, like how did he think he was gonna get away? And yeah, personally, where are you going, I feel, pal? yeah. <laughs> what do you think you're going to do? I mean, personally, I feel like he probably wouldn't have succeeded if he had tried to go through with his plan. And then I guess I don't know what they would do to clones that try to go AWOL. But I think I think that just I think you're right. I I think that part of it, though, is that he's this this reckless don't think about it character. He doesn't think about the consequences of his actions. And that's true to his character. So, I mean, he might just be like. The flawed, petulant child who gets upset and just storms off. I'm going to run away, and you know, you're have, right. Didn't have it planned out. And he without, feels instead of things. Yeah. So he's yeah. just he's just going with with what he f- feels in that moment without thinking about the consequences. That now nah, you can't really do that, pal. You know, and and that's, that's true. And that's point. the way he was running on the obstacle course too. I'm going to go mm-hmm. ahead. You know, forget yeah. you guys. I'm going to do things my way. Without mm-hmm. thinking about the consequences of how it's not forming a good team and all that stuff. That's a good point, John. No, you just, you just redeemed that for me. You're right. 
<laughs> it's within his character. I thought it was just like weird, like oh, okay, that's whatever. But no, it within the character's mindset and the way he's been acting, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I I only know that because I can totally relate to it. That's the way I am. Like I get huh. like torqued off, and I don't think about consequences. I go do what feels right in the moment, and then it's like, oh crap, I totally handled that wrong. No, I am the opposite of that. I overthink everything. Really? Oh yeah. yeah. God no, I'm so emotional. I would be the worst Jedi. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh the underdog story's cool and all. Uh got resolved a little too quickly, but I mean it is a twenty two minute episode for a kids show, so Yeah. I mean, I think it would have been nice to see them work it out a little bit more i mean heavy kind of gets his character development i guess because he's gonna take off and he runs into 99 who kind of talks him down and reminds him you know what he's supposed to be and what his purpose is yeah but but so heavy gets that moment and i mean there there are a couple other little moments from talking where you know they kind of like realize what they need to do but I I guess the only part that kind of makes that fall flat a little bit is then, like, there's no, like, they just go out and do it like magic, you know, like, they all come together and it's perfect. And, and yes, like, that's really cool. And maybe we could say that, like, there's some sort of, like, clone mentality, the way that they, the cloning method or whatever that's used that, like, they can just kind of fall into that mindset. Yeah, the hive mind kicked in and then they were able to to do what they needed to do. Um, but I, I agree. Know, I, th- I think, I think that- the story had to do that though. I think it had to, I mean, you, you, otherwise you just are stuck at the same point, you know? So you had to get to a point where they did all come together and it had to happen pretty quick during the background <laughs> scene. So, I mean, I, I can't really fault them for that. My main concern with this episode is the lack of, well, maybe there was something afterwards, but as far as like we know it just by watching that episode, Brick didn't get any flag for for what he did. There's no punishment. Yeah. There's no like, well, actually, he did a good thing. Your horrible, terrible thing brought them all together. Good job. <laughs> He was rewarded almost. He was almost praised for it. And just that for me, I'm like, eh, I, I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, he kind of gets off scot free because they ended up succeeding yeah. despite his uh, meddling. But doesn't it always work out that way with those A type A holes that like at work and <laughs> stuff like that that are just complete jerks, but they get results? So they get the kudos for the results, you know, and it doesn't matter the if they methods. if they hurt a few feelings on the way, they get the results. Ends justify the means. Totally. So I mean, it's like, oh God, I, didn't I already work with that guy a couple times over? You know, maybe that's the price of working with bounty hunters. Right. You have to <laughs> deal with a holes. Take the good with the bad. All right. Ellis comes off as a really really bad bounty hunter 
I can imagine him capturing his his bounty, but then the bounty will be like, "Hey, can you let me go, please?" And be like, "Yeah, okay." Yeah. Well, I let was, me think I was about just it. Trying to help someone or yeah, <laughs> do something for good. Like I totally need the money, swear. but okay, I'll I'll <laughs> I'll let you go. Yeah, he, he just didn't have that cutthroat thing that most bounty yeah. hunters have. That um, what you guys brought up earlier. But it's it's just kind of jarring as a bounty hunter, knowing what, yeah. what we've seen so far, what we what we expect so far, and then seeing seeing him. Yeah, most most bounty hunters seem a lot more cold blooded. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, I guess you could say. Or maybe it's just because of the job. Maybe he's one of the most ruthless bastards out there. And but I mean, his I current job feels bro. We don't know. <laughs> and I didn't get those feels from that character. I think they I, I think they just needed a character, a softer character to emphasize the harder character. And you know, they, they had to work together to make them both bounty hunters. But I, I think you're right. I don't think he works as a bounty hunter character at all. You mean we're reading too much into this, John? I what? Can't it. <laughs> Wait, we've devoted thirty three minutes to a twenty two minute episode? <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars fans, man. We're, That's right. We're relentless. All day, every day. All day, every day. Um. So yeah, on the whole, I I like this episode. It's kind of weird in some spots, but I think it's a great, great, great uh, character uh, building episode that pays off. Uh, <laughs> near the end of the series kind of think mm-hmm. of it but it does pay off a, a few other times too and throughout sprinkled in yeah and uh again it just shows another part of the star wars universe that we're not usually exposed to totally and it, and it gives us these characters that that do some of them pop up in in other episodes and in fact, uh, one of the games, uh, one that I play, uh, Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, um, mm. Fives and Echo are both playable characters. Nice. nice. Yeah. Oh, Fives. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just wait. Not yet. Um, no. Not yet. Not yet. I know. But he's a I playable mean, character. I, and he's actually awesome. kind of a good character, too. Cool. The clones are really good in this game. Yeah, I th- I think this is a great episode. I mean, it had been a while since I had had watched this episode, and I was reminded of of how good of an episode it it was. I mean, I I really like the way that it lays the groundwork for these characters, and like you said, gives us some insight into into what goes on. I mean, I like seeing kind of the the behind this behind the scenes. Um, stuff within Camino, like how they all live and those really weird bunk beds that they all sleep in. <laughs> I would get claustrophobia in those things. Yeah. Though, I would freak out. <laughs> it's like sleeping in a pod. Um, and that's why I'm not a clone trooper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. And I mean, and, and getting, <laughs> getting some of those kind of like additional world building little details are kind of cool. Um, in addition to the end of the story. So, so I, I, you know, I really, I really like this episode. 
Um, and I think it works well as a starting point to jump into the rest of the series because, you know, it is the Clone Wars and these are the clones. And so I think this is a, a good place to, to start laying that groundwork for what's going to come with the war. Totally. 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 You know, it just, it, like I said, it, it adds that extra layer. So now every clone in the rest of the, the series that you run into, you imagine them going through that same exact test um, mm-hmm. and, and going through that process and staying in those bunks and um, having to dress in the silly outfits that they all have to wear <laughs> and, and wear the, the helmets that don't quite look like. Uh, the clone trooper helmets, but they kind of resemble them a little bit. And, uh, you know, it just it just adds that that extra gravel, you know. Totally. And uh, an extra thumbs up for the THX 1138 reference. Right. Yes. Yeah. What's what's funny is I think I caught that like the very first time I watched that the episode like in in the overall run of the Clone Wars. But when I went back to rewatch this time, I watched the episode twice and I think I totally missed it the first time. Maybe I was tired or something. (laughs) Um, And I totally missed that on my first rewatch of this episode. And then last night I was watching the episode again and I was like, "Ah, wait, how did I miss that before? Like wake up <laughs> but that w- that was definitely a nice little uh dropped easter egg into the middle of that episode totally like, slick guys yeah. <laughs> that and uh cut up scottish accent are my favorite things about this episode <laughs> yeah well d bradley baker just it's amazing that one man can do all of these slight, slight variations, you know, using mostly the same, same base. And you can totally tell that they're all different people, you know? And so like, man, I, he should have won an award for that. Well, maybe we should give him one. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the Clone Wars has been over for yeah, he's still <laughs> how many years Rex. now? That's right. Yes, that's true. So, I mean, but yeah, and it and it really shines in an episode like this where he's doing most of the heavy lifting. Yeah. I mean, you've got the other the other voice actors, but really when you think of it overall, there's what, like four of them, you know, you've shock T the two bounty hunters and then, uh, llama Sue who the, the Camino in, yeah. however you would say that, you know, so he's doing most of the heavy lifting here and that's, that's just super impressive to me. I mean, I'm not a voice actor. I don't do voices. So I, I think it's amazing. Yeah, this series well, not as, as a voice actor, as a voice actor, as somebody who uh, has been paid professionally to to lend voices to characters and stuff like that, I can tell you what he does is brilliant. And I, I mean, as a fan and as a professional, I, I just bow down to his abilities. They're just stellar, fantastic. Yes. 
So overall, this was a a good good episode. You guys agree with its placement within the series? Uh, no, not within the series. I the series is aired. Yeah, I mean, just going again. You get to remind yourself about these characters that you haven't really seen for like a season. Mm-hmm. You placement is wonky. Just it's the season three premiere, but it takes place before anything else in the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I like it better as a um, a chronological um, placement <laughs> than the air date placement in the story. Yeah, um, I, it, yeah I, I agree. It, it works a, a jillion times better this way. Um, watching them in you know, chronological order like this, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to the first time I saw this episode, it threw me, you know, it was like, wait a minute, that one guy, hang on. Is this another one with the same name? You know, <laughs> I didn't get it because it didn't really explain it. Um, yeah, you know, um, that's true. With, a what's a, I forgot his name. Uh, it's late. Um, Padme's a uh, Rodian senator. Uncle Anno, senator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. H- him. He. He. Spoiler. He. Eventually, you know, meets his maker. But then he shows up again at another episode, and that threw right. me off. Yes. At yeah. one point, yeah. like, whoa, whoa, oh, it's a prequel to that. Right. Well, how am I supposed to know? There was no exactly. Yeah. Context yeah, clues. Someone- something. Yeah, some of the airing decisions were a little bit weird. Um, they were totally this weird. One, putting, yeah. putting, putting this one as the third season premiere, which seems weird. Really random. Totally, totally uh, random. To me. It's, so almost like, it's almost like they're sitting around the story group, you know, and, and kicking stuff <laughs> out and go, hey, you guys remember a couple seasons ago when we had these <laughs> that one character? Yeah, we we killed them off. Let's remember? Go back. Yeah, let's. I got more to talk about with that character. Do you mind if we <laughs> just kind of like use him again anyway? Even though we we you know we already snuffed out his candle. You know, there's more I want to say about this character. I mean, why not just create another character? And I mean, just give it a different name. You know, it's that simple with the clones. It's like they purposefully said, no, let's roll back the clock on this episode. Well, after they'd already had stuff going on. So I could see some light logic here because the next episode is the Camino invasion episode that involves the same group of characters. Right. Much later in the timeline. Right. So after after rookies, after a lot of stuff has happened. So, if you're going to compare just to the episodes it's around, it works a little bit. Just a little bit. Sure. But overall, yeah, it's still incredibly wonky and just But like, But why, why even use the name? Why even use a character that you've already had a final chapter to? Why not just feels? come up? Well, yeah, but why <laughs> not come up with just another name? I mean, it's just there's so many clones. You could come up with a name like, you know... uh 
you know, uh, potato head. <laughs> Come on, John. You know? Yes. <laughs> Whatever. On, John. Go you know? to the game. Right. Well, okay. Instead of instead of saying fives, how about fours? You know. G <laughs> tech. This is another clone named Eights. Crazy Eights. This Crazy is the clone Crazy Eights. And all he's got, you know, he's CT8888. And this friend I mean, Walter White. Right. You, you, made a, you, you made a Breaking Bad reference right now without knowing it. So. Oh, did I? Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty cool. I'm pretty cool yeah, like that. Yeah, you are cool. Only like watched that. one episode of that and already got references that I don't even know about. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, you know, they plan these stories so far in advance because with the animation and all, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that had something to do with it. Well, they two seasons initially... later? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, think about like this, like season four of Rebels is probably almost already done and we're not even going to see any of oh, it yeah. until. Oh, you're right. That's written. So. So I just, I mean, I'm sure that they decided at some point that they, yeah, exactly like you said, like, oh, why don't we go back and <clears throat> use these characters for, <laughs> we like those guys, let's use them again. <laughs> yeah, the way TV works is that they plan per season only, so it was, like John said, just someone had the idea of bringing back these characters for a prequel story, just, oh yeah, let's do that. So. Yeah, but then decide not to say, by the way, this is a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the yeah, only thing. Yeah. That, there were a few that's the only thing that originally. Or What's yeah. that? There were a few times where I thought it was a plot hole or something. Or they used the same character model or something for other characters. And I'm like. Yeah. What? I'm like, oh, it's a prequel. Once I had to look. Well, I had to look it up for a lot of these. Yeah. And usually, for me, usually I pick up on it after a while. Just like, okay, it is before, but right. still, it's just, you shouldn't have to work for it. Yeah, it's a lot of work to try to pull out to just something they could have explained, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the jumping around that they did in seasons one, two, and three for parts of it really irritated me the first time for exactly those reasons. Like you're here and now you're here and you thought this character was dead, but just kidding. We're actually going back and doing an episode where they're still alive. Right. Um, right. And here's, what? here's the, the big reason why I'm so glad we're watching it this way is because I already liked it the other way. And now it's going to make even more sense. And I'm going to like clone wars even mm -hmm. more than I did before, which, yeah, uh, which is thrilling to me, you know, because I, I already loved it. Now I'm really going to love it because it's all going to make more sense. True so that. True. Uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up? 99 is the best clone trooper ever. And I do mean <laughs> trooper. He's the best of all the clones. I'm kind of a Rex guy myself. Oh, and Rex. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hard not to love rex yeah. i i have a soft spot for 99 too oh me too um so i think i think in the end we all think that this episode was a, a good entry uh in the clone wars mythology and we all prefer this episode in its chronological spot as opposed to its um airing absolutely spot. oh yeah 
All right. And with that, uh, we're going to wrap up this episode of Clone Wars Rewind. Um, please make sure to uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Force Fans Podcast. And stay tuned next week uh, as we take a look at uh, Supply Lines, which is the next episode chronologically. <laughs> so if you're playing uh, the home game, get on your Netflix and watch that episode before next week. That's right. Oh, that's right. The, why do they play with our hearts like this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I still remember the March scare. Now, uh. save those feelings for next week, Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So join us next week as we talk about supply lines and leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. If you have any thoughts on this episode uh, that you'd like to share with us, we'd love to have them. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Adios. May the force be with you. Adios.